Hello, guys. This is LaToya D, or Toya D's World. Some of you might know me as on the Instagram or the Twitter. Uh, This is my very first episode of Analog Girl. Uh, I'm moving forward. I was trying to um, get some deals or have some people behind me to do this, and I was just realizing, like, just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And I realized I could just record this stuff and post it. And if God so should have it for people to listen, he will. People, um, if you build it, they will come, right? So it's no sense in just waiting on someone else to make a decision for your life. You can make a decision for yourself and decide to do these things your way. Um, so I'm today I'm just going to freestyle. I don't have no segments. I don't have any music. I just hope you guys will listen. And like what I have to say or listen and be intrigued or listen and have some questions and we can make this a dialogue. Um, I recently have been going through, uh, it's just been a tumultuous time for me since the beginning of the year. Uh, Everybody was like, 2018 is going to be a great year. This is a great year for everyone. This is your year. And I mean, I, I am truly blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I, um, I'm not broke. Um, I'm still over here buying high end items, you know, your Gucci, your Fendi. I'm, I'm out here, Louis Vuitton, you, you name it, I'm buying it. But, and I have a home, which I wasn't able to say a couple years ago, I was homeless and jobless and just lost. So now I have a home, I have income, but I'm still lost. Um, so <laughs> I'm just trying to figure that out. And I feel like starting a podcast and just talking to the wall, actually, because I'm really not talking to y'all in essence. So like just talking to the wall will help me probably get some, like learn, figure out who I am, learn who I am and like start this journey of uh, finding my purpose and finding my calling. Cause I have no idea what it is um, at all. And I want to learn how to stop saying, um, so when I, when I finish recording this, I'm going to see how many times I've said, um, because this is ridiculous. Like what, wh- why do I keep doing it? And I was like listening <clears throat> to other people speak the other day. And then it just, I, then I start beating myself up about that. Like, why do I keep saying every time I record myself, that's what was stopping me. I would hear myself and I keep doing all this. Um, 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 um. And I was like, you know what? This is not meant for me. I'm not supposed to do this, but clearly that is just the devil trying to play tricks on my mind. And speaking of the devil trying to play tricks on my mind, since March 1st, I have been experiencing something called uh, depersonalization. So there's depersonalization and there's derealization. So depersonalization is like an outer body experience. It's almost like you are um, living your life through a, a glass pane or like there's like a veil over your eyes and there's like you're disassociated from reality. And it's just a weird thing to explain um, and every time someone has asked me what I was going through, people be looking at me like I'm just straight up crazy. So I just kind of like stopped explaining it or people would like kind of push it under the rug or make light of the situation. Every time I try to talk to someone who's close to me other than my mom um, about the situation, um, it was more like, girl, that ain't nothing but the devil. You need to get right with your mind and yada, yada. But it's like, it is a very real thing. It is a very real sensation that you feel. And it is 
extremely frightening and extremely disheartening. And if you don't have the right frame of mind and a foundation, I believe in a higher being and a source love and God and the Holy Spirit, I truly believe that you will lose your ever loving mind if you don't. And if you don't have one particular person in your life to like teach you or the wherewithal to start researching and finding out what this situation is that you're in. So, um, yeah, I was just, you know, trying to tell certain people what I was going through and they never, ever understood. Um, even, um, someone I was dating or am dating, whatever that is, I don't, the situationship that I have going on. Um, it was just like, just get over it kind of thing, you know, like get over it. It's all in your mind. Stop thinking that, stop doing this, stop doing that. And it's very hard to do, especially when you're in the, uh, in the throes of it. And it's very, um, the situation is, uh, like the feeling is so strong. So, and what I'm, and the way I can try to explain it is like, there's a very, it's a very tight pressure on your head. So sometimes it feels like your, your head is like, like your head wants to explode and it's a very tight pressure. Then on top of that, you're feeling these existential, um, you're having these existential thoughts of like, who am I? Where am I? You're not feeling real. Things don't feel like you're in the reality. Um, and I don't even want to really talk about it much because I hope hoping that, I, you know, I don't want to try to I don't want to trigger myself. But so those were like the weird things <clears throat> that I was going through. And it started March 1st. And by the grace of God, now things have subsided. It's not 100 percent gone from I'm not I'm not 100% recovered but I definitely started to get myself on a track where I'm going to be I'm going to recover for this and I'm going to get back to who I am I'm going to be connected with people again I'm going to feel again um and and going through this it made me realize <clears throat> I can't believe I'm about to choke up going through this situation it made me realize that I did not have I didn't have the best perspective or I didn't have a good perception of what love is or what the feeling of love is. So I've, I think like people be like, Oh, I don't know why I'm going through this. Cause I, I've Googled to see who has gone through. Cause you start going through this. So you got to Google, like someone else has got to have to be going through this. And I found so many people as a community of people who have gone through this, um, it, situation. And honestly, well, let me backtrack. Depersonalization is a symptom of anxiety. And so I was realizing like, this is nothing but an extreme case of anxiety and stress. I grew up in a household like where a lot of things were pushed under the rug. Situations were pushed under the rug because my father was a pastor of a church. My mom is a minister as well. I was born and raised in a church. My parents met at church, like church, 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 church. We would be in church from eight o'clock in the morning until the sun. No, not even until the sunset until like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And don't let us have an all night prayer. Child, we would be in that church all night. I'd be asleep most of the time, but they'd be up all doing all night prayer, pray, pray, praying, praying, praying. Then the next morning we get, they, then the, then some would come up, they still be praying. They finally finished praying and we go on an IHOP to eat, probably to pray over the food some more. So like, that was like my life. 
So even with the things that was happening in our homes that were not good, because there was some, there was dysfunction in my family, uh, we always had to push things under the rug. We always had to save face. And my mom was always a one to tell me, and this was, and this was no, no, it wasn't a bad advice in my opinion, but my mom would always tell me, um, we ain't got time to be stressed. We don't have time to be stressed, no time to be depressed. So I was always a suppressor. Uh, So I would suppress my feelings, suppress what I'm thinking, suppress anything that didn't feel good to me and keep it moving. I feel like uh, up until March 1st, um, I was doing okay with suppressing everything and just keeping it moving. And I guess in essence, pretending that things weren't happening or just pushing it to the wayside and just letting it go. I thought I was doing a good job of that until March 1st came and I started to experience a feeling of like I was in a dream and I would be walking around and I would be telling people I was with like, yo, I feel weird. I feel like I'm in a dream. This doesn't feel real. And then people would be looking at me like what? And I'm like, yo, things don't feel right. And I started, the more I started researching and reading and getting panicking and I realized what I was going through is this DPDR thing, depersonalization and derealization. So I was going through that and I realized after reading and reading and reading and thinking I, you know, I was going crazy. I thought that this was the end of the world for me. I thought that, um, I just, I didn't know what to think. Like, I didn't think I was a real person. I thought maybe this was, maybe I had died and this was it. It was just very weird. Um, And once I realized what was going on, I was like, okay, this is anxiety. So what I was, so to get back, so I made a short story long. So so to make a short story long, basically, um, Back to realizing what this whole situation has taught me. This situation has re- really taught me that I was numb for all for majority of my life. I've just been numb. So and real and I thought I was in these relationships. I thought I I was loving people. I thought I was loving myself and and I just I thought that I had a healthy love. Uh, for God, or at least if, and uh, or I thought I had a healthy love for God, but I realized it wasn't a healthy love. It was a healthy fear of God. And I was always fearful of doing things that I wasn't supposed to do because of the foundation that I have from growing up in a church and being a preacher's kid. So th- all of that starts f- coming in and I'm starting to take all of that in from March until now. So when I tell y'all that these couple of months has been a hell of a roller coaster ride for me emotionally and it's overwhelming. And then on top of that, I'm at a job where I just be feeling straight up dumb. So that's another thing with this whole sensation and the depersonalization that happens. Like you cannot concentrate. I'll be, I'll be in the meetings and they be talking about stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know if this is English that they're speaking. Like I have no idea what these people are talking about. And I'm like slowly but surely coming out of um, the confusion and the brain fog and this mental state, but it's still now I have to deal with the fact that the people at my job probably think I'm nuts. 
um, and that I'm incompetent. And now I'm trying to like pick up the pieces at the same time, still like making mistakes, still messing things up. And, um, I don't know. So I just pray that God could turn that stuff around and I believe he can turn it around. I hope he can. And you know, things, and I'll just, I will be at that job for as long, however long as he wants me to be there, or I'll be there until I really figure out what I want to do, because I have determined, like I have come to that, that, that I've come to the conclusion though, that this is not, that job is not what I want to do. I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I know it's not that. So but again, the, the anxiety and the depersonalization has made me realize I was just after. So I was just after taking any job because I wanted to have money because I just didn't want to be homeless again. I don't. I didn't want to be struggling again. And I, I've, I've more than once been homeless or lost a home. So like that was my focus. Like I don't want to be homeless again. So I'm going to take this job. I'm going to want to be homeless. I'm going to take this job. You know. And then I and I took a job at. And at BET, and I loved it, but it wasn't giving me the kind of money that I wanted. So then I'm like, and then it was also freelance. So it's like I took that job out of desperation, thinking that something was going to change, but I still had this mentality of, I don't want to be homeless again. I don't want to be homeless again. So things just always start, the same things start happening over and over again with me always fearful of my job, fearful of losing my job, fearful people don't like me on the job, fearful people are talking about me. Like it's just an ongoing thing. So I am truly thankful that this anxiety or whatever this, this deep depersonalization situation or experience that I had, um, and I'm recovering from has taught me, um, really it has taught me a little bit of who I am because I'm still like, well, I don't really know myself, but I think now in talking this out right now, (laughs) I'm realizing it. I do. I am figuring out who I am. I'm figuring out what I want kind of in life and what I don't want, you know, and I'm thankful for that. So what I want to say is, I don't know if somebody listening might might have gone through this or you might and not even known what it was. And now you can put a name to it. Um, but or you can be experiencing anxiety and hopefully this my story can help you not to go through this because what it is, is a fight or flight. It's a fight or flight sensation that happens in your body. So like if I'm having an anxiety attack or a panic attack, my body starts to get scared. Um, and then my brain kind of like the brain kind of shuts down and makes you numb so that you can get through the situation that you're getting through. But what happens is there is no outer fear. So now my brain has gone into this this mode, this fight or flight mode, but there's no nothing outside to fear. So then that causes more fear. <laughs> so I was just, it was just an ongoing thing for me. Um, I've definitely, I've learned how to handle this. I've learned that there is nothing to fear. Um, I've been reading these Bible scriptures that so God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So I will repeat that over and over and over again. I read Psalms 116. All over and over again to know that God does listen to me. He does answer prayers. And those are the things that kind of like got me through. I started writing in the journal. I wasn't consistent at all with it. I'll tell you right now, I ain't consistent with nothing really. And that's another thing that I realized, which I got to learn. So maybe I'll just start getting consistent with making a podcast and recording every week. Um, so I, I, I started writing in the journal. I started working out 
I started going to the gym. What what I did stop, and I think that it is very imperative that you that you stop, is drinking alcohol. I found that I was I was a living alcohol. I was a surviving, or what do you call it, a functional alcoholic. I was drinking every day after work. I would even go, and nobody even knows this. Like sometimes during my lunch break, I would go on lunch and just have a, a martini or two. And then go back to my desk because I was depressed or feeling stressed about whatever it was. I was feeling stressed about that probably I needed not to be stressed about. So, and then I would come home and there's a liquor store right by my house. So every time I'm walking past the liquor store, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to just go in here and get this bottle of wine. Or, you know, I'm going to go get this, um, what do you call it? An eighth of vodka or something like that. I would just go get these those mini, it's like a half-size bottle of vodka. And I would just drink the whole thing in one night not realizing that I was doing it. It wasn't like I was like, oh, <clears throat> I made a conscious effort. Like I just would keep pouring and keep pouring or pour these heavy drinks and, you know, just be drinking. And I realized I was doing that because I spent a lot of time alone. Um, and I would be home alone. And then like I start getting in my thoughts and start thinking this, start thinking I'm not good enough. Start thinking, why am I still single? Or start thinking, why am I dating this person that doesn't even want to commit to me. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, how did I get here? <laughs> so I would go into these downward spirals and then start drinking. So I stopped the drinking. I um, I don't do caffeine anymore either. The caffeine was not a good look for me either. It was rushing my heart and it was making me, I think it kind of pushed me into the panic attacks that caused the fight or flight mode to happen. Um, and I started working out. And so, and I also started going to a chiropractor to get aligned because I start I did research on that. And I have a friend actually who went through this same situation and she never told anyone what she was going through. And I would be texting her every day, like, girl, how could you be going through this and never text me or never tell anybody what you were going through? Because I am over here bugging out, like bugging out. And she would be like, she never wanted to say anything because anytime she says something, people would be looking at her like they thought she was crazy um, and they would never understand. And I said, I may, I'm truly, truly, truly hope that I wouldn't have done that, but I don't think I would have. But I am telling you right now, I am bugging out and you've got to help me. But then I started feeling bad because I didn't want her to start thinking about the situation more and maybe it trigger her or whatever. But she has been there to answer questions and help me out through the process, which was great. Um, so I, I was working out. I, oh, and she's the one who actually um, referred me to the chiropractor. So I started going to the chiropractor to get a line because I realized um, prior to me going into the uh, de- depersonalization, I remember my neck was very, very tight, right but the ba- at the base of my neck was very tight. And then, uh, and I couldn't move it. And it was a weird sensation. And I'm now realizing, I think that was just stress building up in my neck and and causing the, and then that was part of the sensation. So when I did the research on what the chiropractor does and how he aligns your spine, releases the muscles, I was like, well, I'm going to try it. And especially if she, my, my best friend said that she started, she started feeling relief when she was going to the chiropractor. I was willing to try anything so that I can finally feel again and feel real again. And I, every time I say that, it's so strange that I was just yearning to feel real again. So after doing all that, I realized, okay, well, I, you know, I need to get back in church. So I, I was immediately back in church, like, God, like, 
I know this is cliche, because I and, and then I started feeling guilty, like this is what I needed to get me back in church. But if this is what it was, if this is what it took for me to get back in church and to get back to praying properly and to get back to learning about the relationship that I should be having with the Holy Spirit, because I was at a point in my life <clears throat> a couple of years ago where I was so I was seeking the Holy Spirit so bad. Like I was giving myself, I was doing Bible study by myself and just yearning for a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then things started distracting me and I fell off. So this is like brought me full circle back to seeking this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, and then, and, and calling on the Holy Spirit and speaking in my heavenly language in my home and, you know, just, and, and ha- asking the Holy Spirit to intercede on my behalf. So uh, these things were all going through my, so I started going back to church. You know, I took my time with, um, the church that I started going to, I wasn't going to just join right away. Cause I, you know, I just didn't feel like that was, um, sincere. I didn't feel like that was authentic. So, you know, I waited, I, I went to church and I went every week I was going for about, I went from March, I went March, April, May. So I went three months and I went consistently. Um, and <clears throat> then I decided at that point, cause I started feeling some, re- I started to feel relief from the sensations I was feeling. I started to feel relief from the anxiety. I wasn't feeling anxious all the time. There still was some anxiousness going on, but I wasn't feeling it all the time. And so I decided I would join the church. So I say all that to say, again, I made another short story long, you know, there was a process to me getting over the hump of um, the final, the first episodes of depersonalization and anxiety. Um, So it was steps. And I was, and I think that, and another thing that was messing me up is that every day I would be like, okay, by tomorrow, I'm going to be, I'm going to be right back to normal. Everything's just going to switch back on. And that's just not how the brain works. When, When you're dealing with anxiety and depersonalization and you're trying to get back to normal, you can't put yourself on a timeline. And I think I've done that in my life in general. Like I'm going to have I'm going to meet somebody and I'm going to fall in love and we're going to get married in two weeks. <laughs> I'm going to have this job and I'm going to be doing this in three days. Like I, I, there's a, a instant, I have a problem with wanting things instantly, like an instant gratification type of thing going on when I um, set goals for myself and I, they're unreal. They're, actually, they're not unrealistic because think anything can happen. But I think that i I set these goals, but then I'm not putting anything in motion to attain these goals. So then I don't attain the goals and then I, I start feeling bad about that. And then it just becomes a cycle. So I started putting myself on, I'm going to recover from this in one day and two days. And I, and it wasn't working like that. And then I started to find materials to read and find exercises to do by myself. And, um, on how to ground myself um, emotionally and how to ground myself um, going through panic attacks or feeling any kind of anxiousness. Um, so, and, and I realized, and I started realizing this is a process. So I had to, to learn how to sit with 
these sensations that I was feeling and sit with the anxiety, sit with the stress, sit with the depression of even, I started to get depressed because I I was experiencing what I was experiencing. So I had to learn how to just sit with those feelings and those emotions, accept them, let them flow through my body, continue to stay prayed up, continue to go to church, continue to read my scriptures, um, be consistent in reading scriptures and praying, which I still need to be consistent in reading the scriptures. I can't lie. But I started to learn how to sit with it, not be fearful of it, um, not be fearful of myself and be fearful of my own brain, my own head. I was just in fear of everything. And I started to realize like I lived so much of my life in fear, fear of getting in trouble, fear of going to hell, fear of um, God saying that what I did right there wasn't right. So now I'm going to be punished for that. Oh my gosh, I just cursed girl. Now I'm going to be punished for that. Oh my God, I see a guy and I like him. I'm attracted to him. Now I'm going to be punished for that. I just was always fearful of of just life. And I just don't believe that God created us to walk around this earth in constant fear of just living life. (laughs) Like, I mean, everything I, I, you know, and I, and I'm never, ever, ever going to say that I wish I didn't grow up in the church or blame the church or anything or blame my family or blame the foundation that my, my mother has given me, um, growing up. But, there, there needs to be a balance. Like somehow or another, I don't know how it is. I don't know how it can happen because I ain't no preacher. I'm not, no, I don't know, but it has to be a way to teach people, um, uh, more love than fear when it comes to living a life with Christ. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, yes, I was putting myself on timelines. I was trying to, um, do this all by myself and come to the realization after going through all of this, you can't do it by yourself. You've got to find out what you've got to find out what, whatever you believe in. If you don't believe in God, if it's your source, your universe, whatever y'all do. Okay. For me is God. Cause that's who, that's who my friend is. I got the friend in God. <laughs> um, but like whatever you're doing, Whatever you do, you've got to have a foundation in some kind of spiritual being. It has to be a foundation. You also have to, um, because there's no way for you to come out of this mentally if you don't have something to, to, to hold on to, to stay grounded, if that makes any sense to you guys. So um, that's been my experience. Um, I am not yet a hundred percent recovered. I still have thoughts here and there, but I thank God that I am not in a place anymore where I was two and three months ago. And with recently, like with Kate Spade committing suicide yesterday, it made me think about how <clears throat> there are people who have probably gone through this and not knowing what it was because there was a point. I remember sitting on my couch. My mom was spending the night with me because it was really tough for me. She had to come over and stay with me a couple days. And I remember her, she was in my room sleeping. I was out on my couch and like I started my heart started racing again and I was feeling completely out of body. Like I didn't like nothing felt real at that point that, 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 that night it was the mo- one of the most scariest. Like it just felt like I was an alien <laughs> or something. And I just was, this was not earth. It was weird. And I, rem- all I remember is a voice like the word suicide started coming 
into my head and I popped up off my couch and I was just like, that's not going to happen. Like even through all the craziness that's going on, all the sensations, something in my body and my spirit and my soul was like, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. And I just have to credit that for having the foundation in God and thanking my, my mom who has taught me to have this strong foundation in God and, and, and Christ and just knowing that that's just, that's ain't nothing but the enemy trying to play these tricks on you. So I popped up off my couch, like, Oh no, Oh no devil. No, no, no. She does not. She does not commit suicide. She will not. That is not a thing. That is not what she does. And I just went on in the room and tapped my mom, had my mom hold my hand. Cause I needed to calm down. My heart was just racing so bad. You could feel my pulse throughout my body. Like she was even holding my hand and she can feel my pulse. Like it was so strong. <clears throat> and I just <clears throat> put on some meditation from YouTube. Like it was like some calming affirmations, um, that would, that I listened to while I fell asleep and I, and I, and, and I remember falling asleep, holding my mom's hand. And I was, I don't believe I was crying at that point. Cause I was just scared to max where I couldn't even cry. That's how scared I was beyond tears. So, and I remember falling asleep and then, you know, and the next day I was, I wasn't okay, but I made it through that situation. But I say all that to say is that I completely understand. Um, but I don't ever want to be in that space. Um, God forbid that where some people will let these voices and these situations and anxiety and stress and depression, um, cause themselves to end their lives. So you just never know what people are going through, um, going through in their brain. Like you just never know. Inner thoughts are a hell of a thing, man. And anxiety really tried the F out of me. But anxiety, you will not win, okay, because she is armed. She is ready. She has tips. She has tricks. I know every, I'm, I don't know everything, but I have really studied this situation now. I have become a professional on how to um, try and live my best life. And that is what I'm going to do. I'm on the quest right now to get better, live my best life, learn to love me wholeheartedly, learn to love God wholeheartedly. Um, so I can then love other people wholeheartedly correctly, you know? So that is my, my goal right now in life. It's like to just get myself in order, um, and just, just learning who I am so that I can just be a blessing to other people. Cause that's really what I want to do. And that's so crazy because I started this saying I didn't know what I wanted to do. I don't know specifically what I want to do, but I just like really want to be a blessing to other people. Like I want to help people. I, wa I want to be a blessing to other people. That makes me feel good. So now I'm on a quest to figure that out. <sighs> Wish me luck, guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening. If you're listening, if there's no one out there listening, oh, well, <laughs> but thanks so much for listening. I am going to keep myself, I'm going to hold myself accountable to record every week, um, discussing, um, issues. I'll probably always talk about anxiety because this, it was really a learning experience for me. Um, if you want to talk about it, if you want tips on how to, how to, um, recover from anxiety attacks or grounding tips or things that help me through this process. I would love to, you guys just reach out to me and let me know. Um, you can DM me 
um, so that it's private because I've been posting tips on my Facebook about anxiety and I've actually gotten responses from people like private messaging me and and texting me or telling me like, yo, I don't want to say anything, but this is really helping me. Like I, I appreciate you posting it and whether it's only one or two people, it's actually been, it, it was, it felt good to me. It don't have to be a thousand. If I could just help one person, that's great for me. So, I mean, you know, moving forward, I can talk about those tips and those things that I've learned through this, through the situation. I'm still learning because I still need to get to, I'm still not a hundred percent, but I will be a hundred percent soon. I'm trusting God on that, but I, you know, definitely would love to discuss more of that with you guys and other topics, um, like family, family issues growing up in the church and just family dysfunction. So. I won't hold y'all any longer and I ain't going to let y'all hold me. Uh, Thanks for listening. And I can't wait to chat with y'all. I can't even speak. Oh my God. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. I can't wait to chat with y'all again. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.